Yes, this coming week marks one year since absolutely devastating floods ravaged the northern rivers in New South Wales. Who can forget those images? To mark the occasion, local journalist and first-time filmmaker Susanna Framark will showcase her short film, Tinny Heroes, for the first time. It tells the stories of some brave residents of Woodburn and Broadwater, two towns south of Lismore, who got in their small boats to go and rescue people stranded on roofs in the floods. Here's a little from 84-year-old resident Robert May. These were volunteers, not SES, volunteers who had taken in them their own minds to get in their fishing boats with their outboard motors and rescue people, which they did. And I think they're heroes. I think those people are remarkable. And I owe my life to them. That's Robert May. Now, this film is billed as a short film that's big on bravery. And I'm pleased to welcome to the program Susanna Framark. Hello there. Good morning, Geraldine. Look, this short film of yours is quite something. Congratulations. Tell us about 84-year-old Robert May, if you would, whom we just heard in the intro. He contacted you early on in the piece after the floods, didn't he, through your local news website? Yes, he's the man who is really responsible for the film. He contacted me and asked me, could I do a story looking for the two blokes that saved him? Because it was dark, he didn't know them, and he had no idea how to find them. So I did a story saying we were looking for these people in the tinny, and we found them, which was fantastic. <laughs> Marvellous. And... Um in getting the project like this off the ground, I mean, I know how difficult it is to get films off the ground. And you were a print journalist effectively, weren't you? Yes, I work in words. So I think um, it was a naivety really because I went, I was did the story of Derek and Marcus who rescued Robert and then I talked to other tinny heroes. None of them, by the way, thought they were heroes. They all said, I don't want the spotlight on me. I did what anyone else would do. But I don't think that's true. I think a lot of people didn't do that. And the ones that did, I think, was a truly heroic act. So I have I have no problem singing their praises. And because I'd done stories, it just didn't feel like enough because of what the area had been through. You know, I was out in Korokai, all the towns, seeing the devastation. I mean, it's the worst disaster I've ever covered in my journalistic career. And it just didn't feel enough. Like I wanted something more visceral. I wanted people to know how big this flood was and, and what this community did because it was essentially a very Australian story, uh, blokes and women getting in their tinnies. And I decided in my naivety, I thought, I'm going to make a film not knowing at all what was involved and uh, in some ways that's a saving grace, not knowing what's involved. And I asked the Walkley Foundation from their Meta Facebook Fund if I could have some money to make the film and they said yes. So. I found uh, Jimmy Malecki. Uh, he's the director of photography and he shot the footage. And where did you find him? Well, he's I've known him for years just through, you know, journalistic circles and he was at Bungawalban and he himself was flooded in and stranded for days. Bungawalban was particularly cut off for oh, at least a week, if not longer, after the floods had abated. So we got to making a film and it's been quite a journey. It's taken us seven to eight months and have I'm you, rather have you emotional aged? now. <laughs> yes, yes, I think so. I just feel very emotional even talking about it. And tonight is the very first screening at the Bangalore Flickr Fest. Uh, we're in the finals for that. It's the very first time that people will see it. 
And, of course, I only just signed off on editing like two days ago because, you know, you keep fiddling with it, fiddling with it. And so it feels really emotional that my little film baby is out there. Oh, it's a a wonderful story. Uh, Is most of the footage crowdsourced from iPhones? I mean, how did you get your hands on it? Well, I have, with my news site, I have a Facebook page and I have to say the the readers on there are incredibly helpful. So I went on there several times and said, has anybody got footage? I'm making this film. And I just got inundated with footage and stills from the floods. And, of course, my focus, because I don't cover Lismore, was all those small towns. So there's loads of contributed footage and it was hard getting footage of the actual night because in Woodburn particularly, the flood water was really fast and very dangerous. So, of course, most of the footage is of the, the morning after. And people were really happy to contribute that. And it really gives it, a, I hope, a, a very real feel. So my main job was interviewing people to tell the story amongst that footage. Well, let's hear a little more of the people who did put themselves in harm's way to rescue others. Here's a little of Derek Stratton and Marcus Smith-Woodburn. Seven o'clock, I reckon the power went out and everything went dark, didn't it? Yeah. You know, after watching a few caravans roll down the street, didn't they? they floated down into, nearly ran into houses next door. And, and then we just methodically started just hitting houses on the south side of Woodburn. And, and there were just, as soon as we started in the boat, shining lights onto houses, all of a sudden people just started coming out everywhere, just yelling out and waving torches and sort of, yeah, wanting to be picked up. We just, we only had, you know, that small boat and an old motor and enough room for a certain amount of people and we had to just do it very slowly. It's a, rescuing people at night really quite dangerous. There is another uh, quite remarkable interview you have with the farmer Danny Lickus from Riley's Hill who was called to try to get someone out of their roof who was trapped inside. I was yelling out to him and he told me that the power had shorted out so it was safe to drive the tinny onto the roof. And so we drove up onto the skewing of the roof and, um, yeah, I just said, kick the roof, mate, so I know where you are. So he's kicked at the roof. I could see the roof moving where he was, so I said, right, I grab the dog, stand a metre or two back. I've got a meat cleaver here. I'm just going to, I'm just going to bring it down and see what happens. I'm trying to try and cut you out, mate. Gosh, brings tears to your eyes, that doesn't it? Danny Lickers from Riley's Hill. Tell us a little more about this story. Poor Danny's meat cleaver was all he could find. I know, Danny Danny is a bit of a star because he's so authentic. And he was quite emotional when talking about his cattle and we he talked a lot about the mental health of men and I love how open he is, um, which is really nice to see. He's 41 years old but really open and I think that's important for other people who are still suffering from the trauma of the flood to see that. Well, I was at a group meeting and said, does anyone know of any Tenny heroes? I'm asking all the time over the months. And Tony Carusi, who lives opposite on the other side of the river, said, oh, you've got to go do Danny's story. So I contact Danny. He, Like all the others, he was very reluctant to tell his story because he said, oh, I was just one of many. And I was like, look, I need, I need you to tell your story. So he agreed. We sat in his house, which is really high up. Um, at Riley's Hill and he showed where the water had come into the top floor and he had this meat cleaver and he went and just hacked the roof. (sighs) 
And um, fortunately for, for us, with him telling that story, which as you can hear from his voice, he's very... Um, He's a, very, a, real, a real bloke about it. It's fantastic. And fortunately, ABC had a helicopter up and got footage of the man he rescued laying on his roof with his dog God. with the water. And so we have bought that footage to put in the film, which is great because as Danny tells the story, he, um, we, see, we see this man. And you, you still, even now, when you look at the footage of what everyone supplied, but particularly that, you you can't believe how high that water got. Like well, it was up to their roofs. And it's, I look at it now and I still go, is this real? Mm. You know, it's, it's, and that's sort of also why I wanted to make it because this is a historical film as well for people to go, oh, look what happened. Gosh, uh, I mean, it could be a bit emotional and even challenging, dare I say, for your community to start seeing this from tonight on. Oh, well, like it's, I, I knew it was poignant, but I wasn't quite prepared. I should have been, but I wasn't prepared for the overwhelming uh, messages, all of Woodburn's coming to the, the official opening on March the 1st. But I have organised to have counsellors there for people. Mind you, they are a very tight community and I think they know how to look after each other. People have already said, I'm crying at the trailer. Some people have said, I can't come and see it. It's too traumatic. So I think people know what Mm. they can handle. Like people who've been affected say to me, oh, when it rains, I'm triggered. So when it's an anniversary, we saw this after the fires, so many things are a trigger because everybody is so sensitive and that sort of first year anniversary. But I think seeing it together is is going to be remarkable. I almost probably cry. Well, I'm (laughs) sure you will. Uh, Susanna Framark, congratulations, like huge congratulations. Um, And it's playing tonight, Tinny Heroes at Flickerfest Bangalore and Byron All Shorts 2022. It's official launch at the Woodburn Hall on March the 1st. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.